More lease accounting shifts, how to adopt the new lease standard ASC 842 and prepare for its tax impacts. Written by Angel Naval, narrated by Gail Crew. Cornet Global's The Source Magazine, January 2022. New lease accounting changes are in store for US private companies and nonprofits effective January 1. Without the right preparation, the transition could put thousands of companies out of compliance. Changes coming to corporate real estate, CRE, lease accounting. Private companies and some not-for-profits will kick off 2022 with a mandate to comply with a new accounting standard, ASC 842. The new rule aims to bring greater transparency and accuracy to the reporting of corporate lease obligations, but complying with the updates is not as easy as counting down to the new year. Since the updated standards first went into effect for public companies two years ago, numerous surveys have shown these organizations vastly underestimated the time, energy, and effort that is required to implement them. While the new standards have no effect on how leases are treated for federal income tax purposes, organizations nevertheless will need to adjust their tax accounting methods to ensure compliance, and to ensure that leases are appropriate and beneficial when viewed through a tax lens. By focusing on a few key areas of tax accounting methods, private companies and not-for-profits can put themselves on the road to compliance and avoid the pitfalls that have emerged in the public company realm. What makes a contract a lease? Not every lease is clearly labelled as a contract. Although ASC 842 pertains to transparency rather than tax reporting, it has resulted in more contracts and portions of contracts being characterised as leases because of tax implications. That shift will continue as the standard is rolled out to private and not-for-profit organizations. Under ASC 842, organizations will need to perform a separate analysis of the specific facts and circumstances of each lease for tax purposes. Companies should consider whether the significant benefits and burdens of ownership have passed to the purchaser or lessee. Another key consideration is to determine if a lease is actually a sale or financing arrangement. For example, a lease is likely to be characterized as a sale or financing arrangement if the lease is greater than or equal to the remaining economic life of the leased asset. If it is determined to be a sale or financing arrangement, the U.S. Internal Revenue Service will review the lessee as the owner of the leased asset, and the owner must appreciate the property accordingly. In this scenario, lease payments are treated as loan repayments rather than rent expense. Additionally, the lessor must recognize a gain or loss on the sale of the leased asset. Gain-loss recognition can be quite complicated when the lease is treated as a sale for financial reporting purposes, but as a lease for tax purposes. In this case, the lessor would need to calculate book-to-tax differences for one, the book gain on the sale, two, rental income for tax purposes, and three, continuing depreciation for tax purposes. Tracking book-to-tax differences. ASC 842 requires companies to combine several accounts into a single right-of-use ROU asset. Previously, where companies could easily track timing differences for deferred rent, lease incentives, and prepaid rent across multiple accounts, they will now and going forward need to put procedures in place to analyze those impacts in a single ROU asset account. To ensure that these needs are considered, it is critical for companies to include their tax department and advisors when assessing, selecting, and implementing lease accounting software. A murky future for tenant improvement allowances. Under the new standards, tenant improvement allowances provided to the lessees will reduce ROU asset recognized by the leasee. 
which effectively reduces rent exposure in future periods unless the allowance is for a distinct good or service. For tax reporting purposes, companies will need to analyze the benefits and burdens of ownership to determine if the improvements are owned by the lessor or lessee. If the improvements are deemed owned by the lessor, then the lessee will generally ignore the tenant improvement allowance for tax purposes. Furthermore, the lessor will get the benefit of depreciation deductions rather than the lessee. If the improvements are deemed owned by the lessee, then the lessee will generally recognize income for tax purposes under the accession to wealth provisions in section 61 and get the benefit of depreciation deductions. Lessees may be able to exclude tenant improvement allowances from income under a limited carve-out for qualified lease construction allowances in section 110. To qualify, the allowance must relate to a short-term, 15 years or less, lease of retail space. Furthermore, the allowance must specifically be used to construct or improve qualified long-term real property in that retail space, and the lessor must agree to treat the improvements as lessor property. The result is the same as if the lessor is the deemed owner under the benefits and burdens of ownership test, but without the compliance cost of the more complex benefits and burdens of ownership analysis. Initial indirect costs. The ROU asset is adjusted for unamortized initial direct costs and amortized over the life of the lease. Initial direct costs can be capitalized under ASC 842 include commissions, including payments to employees acting as selling agents, legal fees related to executing the lease, lease document preparation costs, certain payments to a tenant to move out, and consideration for a guarantee of a residual asset by an unrelated third party. For tax purposes, certain initial direct costs for employee compensation and or expenses that relate to the lease term of 12 months or less may be deducted in the year incurred for federal income tax purposes. Other items to consider. As you embark on your ASC 842 transition, keep track of the impermissible tax methods that you identify. You will generally be able to change your accounting methods using automatic provisions by filling Form 3115 and calculating any applicable Section 481A adjustments. Additionally, carve out time for your tax department and advisors to evaluate changes to deferred tax assets and liabilities. The book value of recorded ROU assets and lease liabilities will generally result in recording new deferred tax asset or liability balances. Keep in mind that deferred tax implications will not be considered in the event of ROU asset impairment and or exit of a lease agreement. Tax accounting rules continue to differ from financial accounting. Organizations will want to consider changes to their processes, templates, and software to ensure that they can gather the required data to apply to and or conform to the appropriate tax accounting methods. For private companies and nonprofits, there's more than meets the eye in these new rules. Be sure to ask the right questions and make the adjustments needed to ensure your leases are being managed in line with the new requirements. Angel Naval is a Financial Accounting and Advisory Services Director at MGO.